and welcome to the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast. We're bringing together the best gaming leaders from across the Nordic region to discuss industry passions, challenges and ideas. My name is Melanie and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the gaming industry. Before we uh, start the podcast and get into the topic, let's just work our way around the room with some introductions. Uh, Carl, if you want to start for me. Hello, my name is Carl and I am a recruiter at Electronic Arts. Nice. Arakan? Hello, my name is Arakan. I am uh, I work as people and culture manager at Toadman Interactive in Sweden. Nice. And Aurelie? Hi, nice to meet you, everyone. Um, so I'm Aurelie. I am Paris-based, working for Voodoo, a gaming mobile company uh, as a recruiter. Lovely stuff. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Um, right, so now we know who you guys are. Um, let's get cracking. So everyone has a question related to our topic today, which is recruitment challenges in gaming. So we go around the room uh, asking each of you to pose your question, give a bit of context behind it, uh, and everyone will get the opportunity to give their opinion on each question. So let's just uh, go straight into it with Carl and your question, please. Of course. Um I think it's a, a juicy one to kick off with, right? I think it's a, it's a good one. But uh, the gaming industry has been criticised for its lack of diversity. Recruiting a more diverse workforce can be challenging, but it's becoming increasingly important, and rightly so, as the industry and its audience uh, diversify. What part do you see yourself having in helping the industry become more diverse? And is there anything specific you focus on to help achieve this? Arakan, we'll pick with you. We'll start with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. No pressure. <laughs> no. Um, well, I see myself as a big part of my company's work with uh, diversity. Um, and uh, I find myself involved in pretty much every major uh, initiative that comes with that sort of work, um, either by consequence of my role as people and culture manager, but also because I uh, I really enjoy working uh, with the sort of thing I'm very passionate about it. Uh, one thing that I would like to bring up is that uh, I read in the latest uh, Swedish Game Developers Index uh, by the Swedish Game Industry Trade Association. They released they, uh, their annual report that they do, do every year. And uh, apparently it has been a very good year for uh, women, for example, here in Sweden. Uh, which makes us very happy. But at the same time, when you see all the steps that are having taken forward, you also see the steps that are, are yet to be taken. And you see that there is a lot of work that is need, still needs to be done. 
and uh, it gives you some perspective about uh, what you have to work with and the challenges in front of you. Uh, for me, that is something that really motivates me to work in this area. Um, I'm from South America and now I live in Scandinavia, so uh, I would say that I relate very much to uh, to the issue about inclusivity and diversity in the workplace. So for me, it is not something that is strange to work with. It's something that I'm familiar with that I can relate to. So it's it's a fascinating topic, hence why I wanted to to discuss it. I guess because obviously you've got such a wide range in this question, if you would, to to flesh out the answer and and to to look at different areas. You've got the 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 gender side of things, and then you've got the 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 background and diversity, the ethnicity part of it as well. Just as a, a few small pieces uh, of this whole puzzle, but just to help, uh, I guess, for a few facts out there, we've done some research and have come prepared, hopefully, with, with a few facts for uh, and figures to 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 help further this along. So. It's roughly, and these are rough figures again from various sources on on various different channels uh, across the the interweb. Um, but we're looking at currently in the industry over half, or so roughly half of gamers, and these are people who play the game, are female, are, are female talent. Uh, sorry, are, are female uh, gamers, which is fantastic, and it's had an increase over the last couple of years. The pandemic actually one of the things, one of the very few positives to potentially come out of the pandemic. Is that it's you know made gaming more accessible to to everybody or open that door up? In terms of the talent that's in the the industry, around about the I think it's sixty seven percent mark is the exact figure. I'll say seventy percent, but seventy percent of the talent in working in the industry are male. So there's a clear clear gap there, right? You know, uh, between uh, working that has come down. It was a lot higher. It is it has come down, which is which is great, and that is a, a sign of the times that we're in. But I just think it's it's such an interesting contrast, that, and it's going the right way, it seems. The other one to mention as well, I think was quite important, is it's around about the 16% mark for female, uh, female talent to be in leadership roles. And that's probably the most worrying stat, I think, of it, because, again, you've got those legacy issues then of if, what 80 odd percent of the leadership are males that are making the decisions then how likely are they to come uh, you know to to bring in more male talent etc and there's, there's loads of issues around that I, I i guess as well which we can look into further but i just think there's some fascinating figures there and some interesting stats really uh, keen to hear your thoughts i guess i think it's very interesting that you do precise that diversity is not only about the male female ratio because yes. whenever you talked about this question, my first reaction was like, oh, yeah, it's true that even ourselves at Voodoo, we are not an exception. We are part of the gaming industry and we have this female-male ratio that is not really balanced. And then I gave a second thought to this question and saying, oh, diversity is not actually only about sex you know, and gender. Yes. And I thought about all the other things that we could do as a company to diversify our workforce. And I can give you maybe some concrete examples that we have today at Voodoo 2 to try to change that. First of all, we maybe, as you do as well, uh, recruit internationally. So we do have people with a lot of diversity in terms of background, in terms of ethnicity, etc. Um, specifically to the core departments uh, in terms of recruitment, 
we have no specific background expectations, no academic background expectations. The only thing that we're going to look at is really the technical skills throughout the case study, technical tests. So either they've been freelance in the past or if they've been a, a direct competitor or they've had a hole in their CV, if you see what I mean. It's the French expression, but maybe it works in English as well. That is not really at all going to enter in consideration of what we are going to evaluate during the process. So it allows us to have people that, even in terms of graduation, have very different levels in terms of numbers of years of experience, have very different levels in terms of age as well, have very different levels. It's fascinating. I'm glad you've mentioned the university side of things and the the graduate. I think that's I applaud that, I guess, in terms of that no academic background requirement. I think that's the way things should be. That helps open up that diverse pool of candidates, right? Because not everybody has access to higher education and not everybody has that option. So I think it's fantastic. But again, some figures on that. And I'm, I'm a quite a figures orientated person, apparently. Um, but yeah, some figures on that. So a top UK university, and I'm not going to name any names, but uh, the survey and data that goes out that is publicly available. But a top UK university has across all of its courses, 10% of female students enrolled in those courses. So there's 90% male. So the question to that is if, if studios and companies are putting down, not a question, the, the point, if studios and companies are putting down degrees as essential requirements, then you're already fishing in a pool, which is 90% male. So you're you're 90% likely to hire a male. So that problem is 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 always going to exist in terms of the the diversity gap in gender because you're you're stacking the odds already. So uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's fascinating. And and that I said it, I I I applaud the that insight into the academic requirement because it, it yeah what does it matter in the long run right and, and there's another question i guess in terms of there are, there will be some potentially there, and there should be some roles maybe not in, the, in this industry but there is that, that require a degree right they require a higher level of education 100 percent. i'm not not disputing that but yeah to take it out for for the for the industry and for for the video game sector i think it's definitely something that's yeah, that's that's very interesting and a really really good insight there as well. And uh, in terms of some of the stuff I've seen over the course of the last what's that, two years, I've been in this sector specifically. I think there's uh, the women in games uh, funding, I guess, or organisation. I've seen through social media, through events, through uh, the likes of LinkedIn. I've seen so many more ambassadors being brought to the you know from from the various different studios and companies across the uh, across the world and I, and that's something that's big because they are huge in in being advocates for uh, for female uh, obviously talent in the industry and and again i think that's in line with the growth that we've seen potentially since the pandemic and the shift of a female talent coming into the uh industry on the diversity piece and on the ethnicity piece sorry 10 percent across the industry are from uh, ethnic minority backgrounds and again that goes in line with what we've been saying it's uh, you know is it because a lot of these companies studios whatever are looking for degrees potentially and, and again as we said not everybody has access to that uh, higher background uh, Arakan you said you're from obviously from Brazil was that right and, and you said obviously yes. you've ex- you can experience some 
or had experience, I guess. And was it difficult for you to get into the into the industry at all, or if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, not in the sense that I had to face uh, any barriers, but uh, of course I had to I had to compete for the job. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I I think that uh, the because I come from a different background in my career, I used to work uh, in the private and I also have experience in the public sector. Uh, the uh, I would say that the games industry, because it is a creative indus- industry, and uh, I think uh, there is a, a slight more focus on finding people who are good at the craft, not necessarily someone that has gone to this university or uh, has gone through these courses, uh, certain roles. Uh, you really need people who are good at what they do and they are passionate about it. Uh, so I would say that is the the, um, the sort of uh, thing that you can use to your advantage when you are recruiting a diverse workforce, uh, which in my experience uh, is something that I was pretty much non-existent uh, in my previous uh, career uh, before I entered the games industry. Same. I think it's been drilled into certainly me growing up of you have to go to school you have to go to university you have to have a degree to be able to be successful somewhere and 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 i have a degree i have a degree in uh, performing arts and drama <laughs> I, I do i use it I, I did when i came out of it but and, and yes there are certain aspects of that degree used in my role but i i'm you know i've worked my way up i have a career in recruitment for the last six or so years plus like you know without that degree coming into effect so uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I love the fact that's where it's going, and it's really interesting to hear from both of you that that that's the academic side is becoming less important and more focused on the the skills. And yeah, uh, I said that's one of the big things we've got. Degree essential question mark is one of the things I had to my own question, and I think it's uh it, it is that like it is needed, but in what aspect? And the skills should take priority, and that takes away any sort of bias as well, right? If you're looking at skills and assessing on skills only. Then those unconscious bias, those you know, conscious bias are, are are effectively being ruled out, and that's what I try and work towards in the roles you know I have, and and you know, we try and work on skill assessments and make sure um, the best person, the, the the best fit in terms of skills is the is the one that we that we would look at hiring. So, no, can fascinating. I can I jump in just to also because I also have to remind myself that diversity is not just about women. Right, that there's different yes. aspects of it, and but it's something... the most obvious one in some way. The one you see, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, and I guess it's the one that, for whatever reason, is the most like clickbaity. Like that's what everyone likes yes. articles, what they want to talk about, and um, yeah, it's almost in some weird way like the safe one. I don't know, but something that I've noticed is um, age, and obviously, like you can't ask someone how old someone is in an interview. Like, of course not, but. Someone in a previous podcast said that they believed that gaming was in its adolescence in terms of the industry. And then when you think about it, with the people that I speak to, at least, the vast majority are around my age. It's quite rare that I speak to someone who is maybe like in their 40s or 50s, unless they're very, very high up. Um, 
my and I wonder if it's sort of to do with the fact that in my experience anyway the vast majority of people they need to have experience within gaming so even if they're a marketeer and they've worked for massive companies massive media companies for example it sort of doesn't it it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because they don't have gaming experience so I wanted to ask from your perspectives um yeah I guess the issue of not having a diverse in terms of age and um how necessary is it that people have gaming experience as well if they have other experience from other like major companies for example i would say personally that in the end the, the age diversity problem is kind of the same of the gender diversity problem what i mean by that is that the talent pool of people is very limited you have as you said car Carl, a very limited number of women actually going through studies related to gaming industry, gaming development, uh, or we can we can see an evolution today. There's more and more junior profiles, but senior profiles are less present on the market because they're starting nowadays to go in this kind of field. So for the age, I have the feeling, and maybe it's maybe my own interpretation, that people, senior people in the gaming industry are less than people that are in our age gap, I would say, or maybe on less recent technologies, or maybe they're not uh, more updated on the kind of stacks that we can use today. I meet less people in terms of applications, etc. So maybe we also have to put an effort in how to attract these kind of people that we don't see at first glance because they don't apply, uh, or we don't see on them on LinkedIn. Is there a specific uh, place where we can find them? But as the same for women. If they don't apply, I just have in my pattern pool the same kind of profile, I would say. And I just analyze these people and they go through the recruitment process. I evaluate them. And in the end, well, they kind of look like the same. Yeah, it is a tough one. I think it's the role of us right, as recruiters to make sure that we are addressing these. And the biggest thing I was taught is like if you if somebody needs a senior, you know, somebody leaves a company, their first reaction is let's fill that with the person that the backfill, you know, for the person that's left. We want that same experience they've left. But it's our job as a recruiter to say, look, all of the things that we've just said, look, if we re replace with somebody that's the same as that person, as in terms of skills and experience, we're likely going to be getting someone that's, uh, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't bring in that diverse, uh, you know, background or uh, doesn't bring in a, a you know, look at the gender specific for, for that. So you're likely going to get a like for like replacement. And I think it's the age old question of you see it all the time on, on LinkedIn of how do you get experience if you can't get into an industry, right? It's, and it's, it's just it's, chicken and egg, isn't it? Yeah. Completely, yeah. And it has to be a point. And that's where we as recruiters should be able to voice those to the manager and say, look, yes, we need those. But it's going to take me nine months to fill this position because of the level of experience that's needed. In that nine months, we could bring somebody in at more of a junior level, potentially younger, potentially from a diverse background, potentially female in terms of gender, for example. And we could train them up in nine months. And then in nine months time, surely there'll be a, a suitable position, uh, you know, to be able to take on that workload. You're not going to get a direct, you know, that's a replacement like that. But I mean, that's the conversations that are important. And certainly I look to try and express my you know opinions and, uh, and thoughts around we can only do that at the end of the day and and if somebody doesn't then you know there's a chance missed out and and but uh, that's the minimum i think we could be doing as, as recruiters to help 
bridge those gaps and bringing new fresh blood to the industry i guess for lack of a, a better word i'm gonna ask the the tough question are you talking about positive discrimination <laughs> well i i guess it could be viewed as that like i said it, it, it but like yes and no i guess like <laughs> yeah yeah like i said and again it, it this is all like speculative in terms of uh you know what would happen and how we would do it it's not necessarily personal experience it's just a, a you know a case of making sure we're doing the right thing across the industry right and making sure we are uh, you know putting for our best foot forward i guess mm-hmm. i think it's a very good thing that you brought up is is the fact that it it, it is of course a very complex uh, task to recruit let's say senior um, um, workforce and uh, but it also you can you can there's so much that you can do and just as little as just having the conversation uh in the way that you just described about how there is this gap in the market of uh, people who are who because the, the the game video games industry is so new compared to other industries there is just not the kind of uh competence available for us uh, and if there is, they obviously work for other studios. So how do we how do we foster uh, senior people uh, in, in this industry? And uh, I because I don't get to do recruitment full time is part of my tasks, but I also am responsible for other tasks, uh, things that I do in my workplace to facilitate. Um, uh, the recruitment of senior competence is, uh, for example, I, when I am uh, talking to my leadership team about our benefits, I don't only include things that are available for uh, more the juniors. Um, I also add things like, for example, parental pay, um, Pension savings, that is something that is important to people who are uh, above a certain age in, in a certain stage in life. And uh, those things are important as well to attract uh, senior uh, workforce. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll jump in at where I can and, and just to for the record, I, I am uh, not an art recruiter. That's not my specialism. I, I uh, mainly specialize in, in tech. Um, my art skills are about as good as a stick man drawing. So <laughs> when we say it's like objective or subjective, like anyone that can draw better than a stick man to me is an artist and is brilliant. So they will immediately get passed through as a yes, this is fantastic. Um, but it, it, it's got to be able to, to match the brief of what you're looking for, right? So there might be some fantastic pieces of art. If you're asking, and again, very, very basic terms, if you're asking somebody to draw a... I don't know, a windmill, for example, right? And that's your brief. You're, you know, you're a windmill artist company, whatever it is, right? You're asking to people to draw windmills and people are putting in uh, applications and showing their work off and the work is all dragons and, uh, you know, armor or something like that, right? It's completely different, right? Is it the same style as what you're looking for? Is it the same visuals that you're looking for? That's what you've got to compare it to, in my opinion. And from my ex- experience, it's, it's not is that a great dragon like yes it will be right or is that a great windmill yes it will be like it, it's 
do the styles match? What do the you know do they match the brief of what we're looking for? Are they showing signs of what we're asking for in our job descriptions? But then also I think, and and it'd be interesting to hear your opinion on this. Like, it's also not my job to say, yes, this is one hundred percent you know right. Like we have hiring managers who are skilled, experienced, usually experienced industry experts, and we should be working with them to use use their knowledge so what i do is i treat myself as a conduit between the two i find that you know the, the talent that's available i find the people interested i go through the applications i look at them and assess them based on what we're looking for from what we've been told but if there's a shadow of doubt in my mind or if there's an uncertainty then my relationship i would always say i'm gonna send it through to you to have a look because you're the expert and you can point out the minor details and then from that, you get the feedback, you understand a little bit more, and you learn as you go. And that's that's the way I've done, uh, you know, roles across my career, and and just learn as I've gone along, but worked with the hiring manager to get that view. And in in time, you'll be in sync with them, right? And you'll understand what they're looking for, and you'll know the the ins and outs, and you'll learn it. But I I felt pressure personally for myself that i had to know this industry i had to know what programming is and tech is and how do you code and what do you do and and but you don't you have to have an understanding of what they do but then we're leaving it to the experts right to to, to decide if it's good enough or not in, in, in that and again that's only my opinion and it's interesting to hear if that's uh, how you view it i guess yeah, no, I think it's very interesting because I've never had up until now the opportunity to talk to actually people in the re recruiting in the gaming industry. So I was wondering, is there a difference between recruiting game developers and game artists? And from what I hear from your perspective, Carl, is that there should be no difference, actually. You should do the same kind of brief and the same kind of evaluation and get your mind clear, like criteria, and have the same conversation with your hiring manager. So... I kind of agree with what you say, but I was just curious about is there different ways of assessing more visual uh, professionals, I would say. Understood. Yeah, it, and like I said, it, it's only my my way of working and my thought on it. It may not be the right one, but but as I said, going back to the, the stick man joke, like I'm serious, if you can draw more than a stick man, then you, you, I, I'll pass you through. Like, yes. like you, So I'm, I'm the easiest recruiter in that sense in the art roles, which is maybe why I don't recruit for them. Mm, I totally agree with you. And uh, he, I, I would say that I was in the same position as you when I started. I also felt the pressure of, okay, I have to know what a good artist is. I have to know what a good programmer is. And uh, uh, I will go a, a little bit into it uh, in my in my question that I have later as well, uh, later in the podcast. But I also came to the realization that this is not my job to understand this. And if I am going to understand this, it will take time. It will take many, many years uh, working in, in, uh, with recruitment in this industry to understand uh, those more technical aspects. Uh, my job is to allocate time between uh, all the people involved so that they can have their meetings, their interviews. Uh, my job is to coordinate the process. It's something else. Uh, so I totally agree with you on that. Good. It's like I said. It's 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 a very tough one. The role of a recruiter is very tough, but. Uh, I said I, uh, the extra pressure that I added onto myself, and still do to some degree. Don't get me wrong; like 
I want to know what these people do. I want to be able to understand it fully. But like I said, when you take that away, you don't have to. The experts behind the scenes know that and can and can decipher that. Then, uh, you know, it, it, it helps in that sense. So, so the art ones are, yes, they're different because you're artistic and that's creative side, but the core of a job description and a job spec of what you're looking for, you know, shouldn't change, you know, in terms of, how you filter out roles you know do they match this description yes okay how well do they match it what do they do what's their experience does that match what we're looking for yes okay portfolios let's have a look at those wow they can draw more than a stick man let's go <laughs> like and then pass the pass the notes on it but no that's it then it's you look at the portfolio in detail and depth right and then you say um you know you get an understanding again the styles that they've used do they match the styles that we're looking for. Yes, that might be one tick. The experience that they've got in that. And that's the other thing, right? It, someone has been having that experience in that or their exposure to that is slightly different, I think, from somebody just doing it freelance and maybe just having a couple of pieces of portfolio work. Like, great, you've got that in there, but they may have taken two or three years to, to draw that one piece of work, for example, whereas in the industry or in a you know, animation role, for example, you may, you need to do that at a quicker pace or, or or that. So again, that's where the recruiter comes in and finds those details out and helps you differentiate. You're not saying, you know, I'm rejecting you because I don't think this is very good. You're saying, unfortunately, I'm rejecting you because you haven't got the exposure that we're looking for 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 this role. I guess so. It's a very it's a very tricky one, and and the recruiter role is very hard. <laughs> Again, hats off to all of us for for doing it right. Like, obviously, there is a lot of tougher roles out there. Don't get me wrong, but like I said there is a lot of challenges in our role. Hence, why this podcast exists to to talk about them. But also, it's um, yeah, I think art is a for me. Take out that subjective. I think is the right word. Right, take out that subjective approach of what I think is good and bad, and focus on what the requirements are, and that helps in that sense. And I guess a lot of it is also experience, though, right? The first time you ever have like a role that you've never worked on before. Oh, my Lord, no idea what this is, you know, but then you you learn. And then when you I mean, I don't know whether you guys also sit in interviews and things like that, but we also we sit in, in the interviews and then you you learn a lot more about the role and stuff. And it's not it's as you, I agree with you. It's not as we're not expected to be experts, of course not. Otherwise, we would be doing the job. We would be the artists or we would be the programmers. Um, but just to get a general idea of what it is the hiring manager is looking for, um, that that's the point. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, right, let's move on. Arakan, your question, please. Uh, sure. Uh, my question is a bit similar to the previous question. Uh, uh, recruitment is uh, a small part of what I do, uh, so I'm not recruiting full-time. Uh, therefore, I think I still have a lot to learn when it comes to understanding uh, the different roles, the different profiles of game developers, uh, to understand skills and how to recruit the right talent. Uh, so uh, my question is, what tips can you give on how to learn about different profiles and skills uh, on different levels, such as uh, when can you see uh, that someone is a junior, someone is a mid-level, and someone is a senior, for example. Uh, Carl, do you want to start answering? Yes. There's a, there's a quote that I've said for years for multiple interviews that I've had with recruitment. It gets raised eyebrows sometimes and people question it and, and we can delve into it. But 
recruitment at its simplest, at its very simplest, is matching words on a piece of paper to words on another piece of paper or screen, right? At its very, very core, that's all we have to do. We have to match do you do this? What I've been asked to find. Like, yes, I can see that. No, I can't. Now, there are more layers on top of that than than whatever. Again, as we've even talked about on this, you know, the, the subjective nature of art, for example, the diversity pieces on top of those. Tons and tons of more stuff. So, But at its very core is that. And I think if you stick with that, you can't go far wrong in that sense, right? You, you, you are matching that what you're looking for in that job description, that advertisement to what somebody is looking for. And then that should be the base of every, I'd say, you know, purely based on those skills. Do you have these skills? You know, here are the top three things that the, 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 the most important to this role, right? From the hiring manager, they've told me this. I need X, Y, and Z. I can see on the CV, they've got X, Y, and Z. Perfect. That's a good enough skill. Then there's the extra stuff of what you know, what else you're looking for, you know, where is the experience and stuff, transferable skills if it's outside the industry, et cetera. But that, I, I said, it's never, it's never took, like sort me wrong yet in, in that sense. But, and I think if it, people can overcomplicate it and add many other things in and, and there is other areas to explore, but I think if you start with that and, and always begin with that, like does your CV match, you know, what we're looking for? Does it tell me what I want to want to see? I don't think you you go far wrong. And then, as we've said, you know, you learn ongoing, I guess, on the on the role, and you pick it up, and you you have this understanding of what it is. Um, but I'm also cautious of that because you do naturally learn, but then that's when unconscious bias can creep in, right? You know, you're looking at a CV, and you've got high volume of CVs constantly coming in for high sought after roles. You know, you can flick through them and you're trying to get through them at pace because there's such a high amount. You know, you can naturally just go, oh, no, I can't see that. Let's skip it when we need to take a little bit more time. And that. And, and it happens. It naturally happens. People, you know, with time, you know, people try and work through applications quickly sometimes. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that if done the right way. But like I said, it, you stick to the skills. And I, I think it's the it's the easiest way to to, to recruit for. And then it also helps go into all of the other stuff and, and works alongside all of those things that we're trying to build as well. So, mm. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, also that uh, if, if I'm going just a comment on what you, on your quote there, that uh, taking words from a piece of paper and then putting words in another piece of paper, uh, uh, that's very, it's very funny, but also there's a lot of <laughs> truth to it. Uh, putting up a job ad and then a contract, I guess that's what you're uh, trying to say. Totally yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but especially now uh, when recruitment has involved to uh, a lot of more stuff, there is of course you have to make sure that the candidate has a good experience uh, going through the going through this process and. Uh, there's also uh, the issue of allocating time between the hiring, the hiring managers and the people in the team. Uh, so there's a lot of recruitment is involving a lot. And now we have tools that do certain stuff. Uh, and uh, even looking at a, a CV has become more and more complex because there's, a, because of technology, people, uh, 
someone who has done work for a certain amount of years versus someone who has done a little bit of work here and there and has going has gone and read a lot of courses and uh, in the end you you are there trying to okay what is in what level is this person now uh, really do you ever have any challenges uh, when it comes to trying to read in between the lines to find in what level someone is yeah absolutely i think even more when you're new to the industry and to the positions, it can be very hard to understand the expectations, the requirements, the understanding of technical skills, etc. So I, I have two main tips, I would say maybe three, the first one being extremely obvious, which would be shadowing interviews with all the different recruiters that have already been in the team and recruiting already on Disco to see how they assess candidates. And obviously with hiring managers to understand the scope in addition to the kickoff and the job description, et cetera, et cetera. But just meeting at the very beginning a maximum of people and candidates and sometimes just even being transparent to candidates saying, okay, hi, nice to meet you. This is my second interview for a game developer. I know nothing about what you do, but I'm really interested in knowing more about how you work, how does it work, etc. And most of the time, actually 99% of the time, People are going to be very excited to uh, simplify the way they present themselves and their backgrounds and their technical skills, etc. So that would be the first thing. The second is a question I actually ask whenever I do a kickoff with a hiring manager is that I ask them, okay, can you give me an example of someone in your team today or in the past that was like the super performer in terms of attitude and in terms of results? What made this person different? How did he provide better than any other person in terms of engagement, in terms of motivation, in terms of results? Why did this person succeed better than any other person that you've met in the past? And just like that, with this conversation that can be informal, you can get some skills or traits or criteria that maybe you haven't identified yourself just throughout shadowing. And the same way I asked the opposite question, okay, in the past or maybe today, hopefully in the past you met someone that unfortunately totally failed at his position or her position, and why did this person fail? Was it a culture fit? Was it performance? Was it an evaluation problem, etc.? So that you can understand better what kind of profile you're recruiting, what do you need to not to miss, what do you need to focus on in your research, and also understand, okay, is it in as a consequence someone more junior, mid or senior that you're going to be recruiting for this position? Yeah, I, great feedback. Really interesting. I also completely agree with that, that if I've ever been in a scenario where a candidate is talking about an experience they have or something and they use, especially when they use acronyms, like if I don't know, I always say like, I'm sorry if this is a stupid question, but like, you know, what is this? Or could you go into a bit more detail? And I think everyone is pleased to that, that everyone wants the recruiter to understand what it is they do like no one wants to come off that call or that chat and then the recruiter doesn't really understand what you did in a specific project or whatever so yeah i never think it's bad to to ask questions to learn more right absolutely uh, that would be the biggest tip i would say is, is ask questions to everyone and anyone and, and again you, you're surrounded by industry experts right who can do fantastic things like 
use them, ask them. Like, you know, people like to talk about what they do and when they're successful at it, like even even more so, you know, we, we, they're proud of those achievements. So ask them how they do it, what they do, you know, and, and learn a little bit as you go, you know, you'll, you'll improve your knowledge and stuff. Uh, it was interesting, just your point on CVs earlier as well. Like, and it's something that hit home to me a, a little while ago when we were, we were looking for it and doing some training on it, I guess. But uh, again, the, the, the simplistic approach of the, the CV, you're matching words on a paper to matching words on a paper. I always keep into account that not everybody can write a good CV and that's not, a, mm. you know, a, a, a saying that against anybody, but not everybody is trained or knows how to write a CV. So just because of what is on the CV isn't necessarily the correctly laid out or, you know, how it's, it comes across is a little bit muddled, perhaps. Like it doesn't mean that they're not the right like fit or whatever. And then that gives us a chance to, rather than just reject an application because we can't see things clearly. And again, going back to that speed, issue earlier you know sometimes it can be natural to to you know it, it takes those time to have a look you know i can see something here but i can't quite work out what it is so let me email that person and ask them hi i'm, I'm looking at your cv have we got time to chat i'm just interested you know so and again it goes back to that ask questions and i love that question already what you said of tell me about the person who's the best and alternatively you know who why did that person fail and why did they fail and what did they do wrong and what happened here so you're learning both sides of not only just what the best is but also what not to look for again or not to 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 do or how to fix that going forward for example if it was an issue but you know it's a fascinating question i think it's like i said i stand by it recruiting such a hard role <laughs> it is it's a, it's a very hard role and yeah it, it takes a lot i think to be a good recruiter i think if people can recruit and, and people do recruit but i think it takes a lot to be a good recruiter because there are so many levels in there and so many things to look at and to work at and to and we never get them all right as well. Like, certainly, I hold my hands up. You know, not perfect by any way, shape, or form. But I try. I ask questions, and I learn, and and I give I give my all. And I think that as long as we're doing that and having these conversations and discussing things like this, I think it you know, it goes such a long way. Mm. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, we work with people. So even think questions that are asked in an interview and everything goes very well, you might not get the same result in another interview. So it's really a learning process to kind of, uh, you know, adapt to a, a situation with each person and try to Absolutely. get as much as you can out of that interaction. Yeah, just don't be scared to fail. Like, that's the that's the big thing. That like I said, I, I I try all sorts and um in my role and and try new things and like I'm quite active on LinkedIn with you know videos and quizzes or you know different things just to try and get interactions and just to learn about the industry and help you know my connections grow and stuff. But like some of it doesn't work. Some of it, some of it, you know, you you hardly get anything on it. Like fine, you know that that's a learning curve for me. I know what lands and stuff, and that's the same in the role. You know, you ask those questions, you. You try new things to bring in new talent if for a harder to fill role. It's not going to work or it might not always work, but you've tried it, you know, you know how to improve it or or, or not do it again if it's if it's been that that bad, I guess. But yeah, like I said, constant learning. Like I said, I'm, I'm six years into a recruitment career and I, I, I never take that for granted in terms of I constantly learn every single day. What can I do? How do I, you know, bring the best version of myself to uh, to, to the role and and you know, to learn more. And just to come back on like the difference between junior, mid, senior, 
what I, I I personally am not really fond of like putting a tag on someone with junior mid senior because most of the time it's associated to the numbers of years of experience and actually a lot of studies prove that having an extended experience doesn't mean that you're actually going to be good in the job because it's going to depend on your potential of evolution, how much you're going to learn, the context you're going to be in, the culture, the motivation, the engagement, etc. There's so many, the personality of the person itself. And today we have more and more examples. I have a feeling that even junior people that we consider like one, two years of experience can have senior levels, technical levels, mm-hmm. because they rock their technical tests, they're super curious, etc. So I would love personally to Maybe there's another way to tag people or not to tag them at all. But the standard today is more about experience, numbers of years, while I'm less and less convinced that it should be that way. Mm, I totally agree with you. I think uh, one of the things that um, it's our job our, as recruiters to 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 have that kind of conversation and because uh, it's very understandable that uh, for example, a senior designer would expect another senior designer to work as many years as that as that person, which is very understandable from uh, their perspective. But as a recruiter, you know that skills and uh, uh, they uh, there are a lot more than just the technical skills. There's other things that you are exposed to in, in, in the workplace and you have to take in account that as well. So uh, very good, interesting point to, that you brought up to not be blind by the, the amount of years and base and make a judgment of someone someone's level on that. Exactly. I think it links back way to what we said that sort of way at the start in that, that age bracket, you know, the discrimination yeah. around that. Like, again, that... Like, you know, if we're only looking at senior, we're only we're only swimming in a in a small pool, which is, you know, not diverse. You know, it, it's going to bring in a certain type of candidate, right? So, if we want to break away from that and we break the cycle, then we, again, that's our job to be saying let's let's not do that. You know, we might need that experience, yes, but how do we get that elsewhere, or how do we, you know, how do we break the cycle of what we've been doing for for X amount of years, which is put us in the position where we're in now so you know it, it all it, it's all linked and, and that's the wonderful thing about it right like it, there's chain reactions in what you do however small it might be but by just asking that question about senior you know experience and, and what actual level do you need and you know what do they need to do rather than how much experience they've got in it you're breaking that cycle of you know the, the diversity piece as we said and, and and helping fix that issue for going forward so, no, lovely stuff. Um, this is a gaming podcast, so I would like to end just by asking you guys what's your sort of ultimate game or you know, in your lifetime or your favorite game at the minute. What's what's your game? So for example, I do tell anyone who will listen to me that Sims 3, best video game ever invented. Quite happy to debate <laughs> anyone who disagrees with me. I feel quite passionate about it. Um, so that's one example. Um Arakan, let will start with you. Yes, uh, I have a lot of games that I like. Uh, right now, I um, I'm playing all the Resident Evil games in my Nintendo Switch. So I started from zero, and then one, two, three, four, five, six. I am at 
I'm playing Resident Evil 6 now. Uh, almost done with it, so I'll start playing the 7 soon. Fair enough. Already? Um, I'm going to go with The Witcher 3, 2015, and still Cracking a banger game. in 2023. <laughs> Cracking game. Yep, 100%. Um, have you ever played that on the Switch? Or is that just console? No, it was console. Resident Evil, like it's not even just because yeah. it's been said already. Resident Evil is my my go to gaming franchise. Uh, Resident Evil Two, specifically, the original um, version as well, which is what ninety eight on the PlayStation One, I think it was. Was I, I was I was eight years old, so I was probably a little bit too young to actually play it. But please don't tell anyone this. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, it, it was a fantastic game. I love them. I love the reinvention of the series as well. So seven and eight phenomenal games um so yeah resident evil as a series two specifically i did see your linkedin post though about the new gta or the trailer that or the, the message that rockstar has come out with um, out. so that's also very exciting and if anyone doesn't follow carl morris on linkedin you should because your linkedin game is pretty spectacular mm-hmm. i've had i've had many a laugh <laughs> on your post i don't know if that's what you've been intending but they have been very entertaining it is exactly what we're intending. That's what it is, right? <laughs> we said it's a, our role doesn't have to be that serious. It's fun. We're in an industry which celebrates that, I think. And and that's all the intention of it is, is just to have a bit of fun, try and make people laugh, but also share some fun things that we're all interested in, right, as gamers. So, but yeah, GTA 6, can, cannot wait. Cannot wait whenever that yeah. comes. Yeah, I've already told my manager I will be booking a week off uh, when that <laughs> comes out. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. Not interested. I will be playing yep. for market research purposes, of course. Obviously. 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 <laughs> all right. Lovely. So before we end uh, the podcast today, I just want to say a massive thank you to all of our guests uh, for coming on and sharing their thoughts and having like such an interesting and also lovely discussion. Um, so on today's podcast, we've had uh, Carl from EA, Arakan from Toadman and Aureli from Voodoo. If you are hiring for new roles within gaming or you yourself, you're looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. If you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, uh, you can drop me a message as well. My name is Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay at evolution-nordics.com or you can also visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash se. Thanks again to our guests. Thank you to everyone listening. And we hope that you can join us again next time.